time for a bit of change of pace. Let's talk now that we've talked about how to grow things and how to, uh, what do we eat? Uh, these are excerpts from uh, oh, a couple of different shows I did in the last year or so. We're kind of putting it all together because sometimes people don't ever think about the value of the food they're eating. What do you eat? A thought always comes to me that you are what you eat. But yet I see people that either don't consider at all and maybe are just totally unaware that a lot of the stuff that we call food doesn't even have a lot of food value anymore. It always amazes me when I go by these fast food places, the McDonald's and the Jack in the Box, and, and I, this, I make light of this, but it's really not light. You know, these people are in their $50,000, $60,000 Suburbans, they're driving their, their automobiles, of which I probably can't even afford one, and they're pulling in with three or four kids in the car buying them $2 lunches that if you read through what was in the food, 90% of it is of no health value, and there's even a percentage of it that's probably not good for you and your children. So let's take some time this morning to talk about things that are good for you, decisions you can make that for the long run, down the road for you and again, and your kids can only be positive for your body and not necessarily something that may not even be good for you. Let's begin with an apple a day. Sounds silly, doesn't it? But that used to be one of the sayings that they claimed, apple a day will keep the doctor away. Eating about one and a half apples a day keeps the doctor away, and eh, here's the deal. Researchers found that people getting about one and a half servings of fruit a day reduced the risk of fatal heart disease by 27% and stroke by about 40% compared to those people who do not eat fruit. One possible reason, fruit eaters had significantly lower blood pressure. That brings me to my first point. Getting the right nutrients at the right time in your life is one of the major keys to good health. The secret here is to get them from food, not supplements. And this is an ideal example of something that I suffered from for years till I learned more about it. One supplement you should probably not take as a supplement is vitamin E. Vitamin E supplements are sold by some to help prevent cancer, dementia, and heart disease. But there's little proof and plenty of reason to avoid taking vitamin E as a supplement. Researchers linked regular use to about a 13% higher risk of heart failure in certain populations. A study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, a very well thought of publication incidentally, that taking 400 international units daily may boost the likelihood of prostate cancer by 17%. Vitamin E supplements may also make some chemotherapy drugs less effective. Who might need them? Most experts don't recommend them for anyone. Get your vitamin E from eating a proper diet. Some supplements could be useful when they're used to replace dietary deficiencies. Therefore, most of us really only need them. Such needless use can be harmful, especially if you also take prescription medications. In addition, the evidence supporting supplements is often flimsy or mixed at best, and because of lacks of regulation, you can't always be sure what they contain. The following three supplements, as well as vitamin E that we just talked about, may be especially harmful to your health if you're over 50 years old. Folic acid, also known as vitamin B9, 
originally was thought that it might ward off Alzheimer's disease, depression, and heart disease, and so was really, really promoted for older folks. But a recent study published by the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition links excess foliate in your body to burning, tingling, and numbness in the extremities of the people taking it, and really didn't seem to do anything as far as preventing or helping fight Alzheimer's, depression, and heart disease. It does appear that the one place folic acid may be of a value as a supplement are women who are pregnant or planning to get pregnant to prevent birth defects. Other than that, it doesn't seem to be of any real value as a supplement, especially for us older folks. And another that may be a surprise to you is calcium. You might take calcium supplements to strengthen your bones when you get weakened with age, but regular use may increase the risk of kidney stones and possibly heart disease. A study in the Journal of the American Heart Association found that people who took calcium supplements over a 10-year period were more likely to accumulate artery-clogging plaque that can lead to heart attacks than those who did not take the calcium. Supplemental calcium can also negatively interact with some heart and thyroid medications, so be careful, especially if you have heart problems. Who might need it? People who eat little or no calcium-rich foods such as dairy products and leafy greens. Again, by all means, the best way to get your calcium is by eating and having a proper diet. And the last one I'm going to beat up on a little bit because I'm very guilty of this. I have shown to be anemic for a long time in my life. Early in life, it worried me, but I come to find out it might actually be slightly more healthy for you when you're an older person. Anemia or low blood levels of iron are more common with age, of course, but taking too much iron can mask symptoms of anemia, which in many cases could be caused by internal bleeding uh, and lead to a missed diagnosis. Iron supplements can also inhibit absorption of certain antibiotics and especially blood pressure-lowering drugs such as captopril. And there is a genetic defect called hemochromatosis that is surprisingly common. Uh, it's a generic condition that causes the blood to deposit excess iron in vital organs. So taking iron pills actually uh, assist in that problem and lead to an overload of the mineral potentially, causing diabetes symptoms, heart problems, and is especially hard on your liver. And let me add this here. In the United States... Manufacturers aren't required to prove that their products are safe or work as advertised before they reach the marketplace. The FDA does not look at vitamins. If you'd want a guide, and it's not easy to get, but it's not impossible, they do a heck of a lot of research about these, what we call supplements, especially in the country of Germany. So if you're buying from Germany or they have German certified, uh, at least you'll know what's in it, what's supposed to be in it, and it may or may not be uh, good for you, but it's probably not dangerous. I think in general, almost all agree that more fruits and vegetables are better for you. Researchers say that having just two and a half servings, which is not a lot, folks, a small piece of fruit or a half cup of cooked vegetables a day can reduce heart disease risk by 16% and stroke by about 18%. And strive for variety. They found that apples, pears, citrus, leafy greens, and crucifers such as broccoli and cauliflower reduced the risk of heart disease almost directly correlated with how much you eat versus how much resistance uh, you get. 
On the positive side, let's talk about turmeric. Turmeric has actually got a, a chemical in it called curcumin. It's a substance that gives turmeric that bright yellow color and shows to ease osteoarthritis symptoms. Turmeric is a staple in Indian curries and mustard that you can buy at, at most any grocery store these days. And here's another one that I used to believe in and I took religiously for several years. I do have some bone problems from breaking my leg and breaking things. Glucosamine, chondroitin, and fish oil. Some people use supplements such as glucosamine and chondroitin for joint pain caused by, again, osteoarthritis. But as far as the studies have shown at this point, glucosamine and chondroitin are no more effective than a placebo. And fish oil supplements are probably not what they're cut out to be either and can cause some real, real problems in the, uh, the GI system. And a little bit of good news for us guys, drinking coffee. Caffeine may promote blood flow. A study found that men who consume a 170 to 375 milligrams of caffeine per day, that's about the amount you get two to three cups of coffee, okay, were about 40% less likely to have an erectile dysfunction than men who didn't drink coffee or took less than the two to three cups a day. Instead of trying to get those fish oil supplements, just eat more fish, folks. Eating two or more servings per week of oily fish is linked with a lower risk of heart attack and stroke. Fishes that are really rich in omega-3s include wild-caught salmon and, of all things, sardines. They are both low in mercury and wild salmon has fewer PCBs, far fewer, than those that have been farmed. And one other supplement you may consider in certain situations. If you're a strict vegan, if you regularly take certain kinds of heartburn drugs, okay, or a diabetes medication, you might want to supplement your diet with vitamin B12, something that's hard to get if you're a strict vegan. But for now, recommend, I just recommend skipping supplements unless a doctor says you need them for a specific health condition. Instead, get your vitamins and your minerals from a healthy diet, always including vegetables, fruits, whole grains, and lean meats. Folks, I just don't, I get out of the regular meat business and get into grass-fed meat. The world is worth the whole subject. I mean, you do a whole show on the benefits of properly raised meat. Yes, too much meat may be bad for you, but they're discovering that it's mostly bad for you because we've altered the meat itself. When we started doing all of our raising in CAFOs, confined animal feeding operations, it's, it's not even the same meat that your grandma ate. You know, one of the subjects uh, that I always bring up is if it's not in your grandma's cabinet or she didn't eat it, you probably ought not be eating it yourself. Simple rule to live by. And one other adage I go by is if you look on the ingredients and you can't pronounce them, you probably shouldn't be eating them either. I was at the store the other day. I looked at a thing called Good Nature Bread. It doesn't matter the name of it. I'm not trying to pick on a company. But I turn it around and it, it gives you the, the impression that it's a healthy, all-natural food to only look on the back of it, go to the, to the ingredients. And this simple loaf of bread had 23 ingredients in it. 
many of which I couldn't pronounce, many of which I didn't know what was. I looked up a few. They were listed as what they call generally recognized as safe or grass. But when you go to look them up in grass, they don't give you any idea of, of really what the actual substance is. So, yes, I'm a label reader. I know that'll drive people crazy when I'm at the grocery store. But remember, bread should be three, four, or five different things, nothing else. And, and a number of these things, I look at soups. You get at a soup can, you say it's going to be chicken soup, and it's got 15 items in it. Folks, that's just a food-like substance. That's probably not really food we should be eating. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters. 